It's not my education, it's not my academics, it's not my good looks and charm, and it's not yours either. Jesus said, without me, without the presence of God in your life, you can do nothing. And isn't that so rewarding and refreshing today, amen? Because how many of you, when you gave your heart to the Lord, the Spirit baptized you into Christ, you were born again, he quickened you to the things of God, and then all of a sudden, we kind of lost the steam. Remember those days when you first gave your heart to the Lord, you were excited, you were thrilled, you were passionate. When I, when I gave my heart to the Lord, I was about 12 years old, and I got the big, this is no lie, I got the biggest Bible, and I went to school, and I started beating those heathens down, okay? <laughs> you need to get saved. <laughs> I began my ministry with being slaying people in the spirit, amen? It's good. Then the Lord said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's probably not the best methodology that I would use, right? But you see, when I grew up, when I grew up, what was, what was going on in the church is that they used the word ghost. Remember that? The Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost come upon you. Let him overpower you. And as a kid, you're like... Okay, man, I'm not really into ghosts, and I'm sure not into holy ghosts. You know what I'm saying? And then I began to read what Jesus said about the, power, about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that it's best for me to go. The best thing for you is that I leave, because I got another comforter. Two Greek words to use for another. Another that's different, another that's the same. The Greek word that was used here is another that's the same. Another comforter, another helper, another counselor, another friend, another guide. The spirit of truth that will lead you into all truth. I'm going to send him because you need power. The Holy Spirit is and has a personality. Okay? The Holy Spirit is referred to in Scripture as being a he. Sixteen times the masculine Greek pronoun, he, refers to the Spirit. The Spirit is a personal person in that he has a name. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. Another that's the same. Jesus said another paraclete would come up alongside of us. In Jesus' ministry, he was fantastic because he always wanted to be around people. Even when he was hurting, when he was empty. I'll never forget reading about Jesus when he went to Nazareth. And in Nazareth, his hometown, nobody believed in him. He could do no miracles there because they said what? This is the dude, this is the kid, man. This is the kid. Jesus, we know him, right? Then John the Baptist was beheaded. The Bible says that he went up into a mountain to pray. You ever feel like you really want to be alone? And then somebody breaks that aloneness, and you're like, get out, leave. The Bible says that the multitude came to Jesus, and Jesus lifted his eyes, seeing the multitude, he had compassion on them. 
Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that beautiful? So we don't call the Holy Spirit an it. He's not a power. He's not a force. He's not electricity. He is the third person of the Trinity who is God. And he wants to have an intimate relationship with you. We view the Holy Spirit sometimes as a rabbit's foot, don't we? God, I need an answer in which direction I should go. We view the Holy Spirit sometimes as a tarot cards, a medium, just to give us information and go on our way. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit wants to have an intimate relationship with us in order to reveal the person and the work of Jesus Christ. You know that Jesus came into the world and revealed who God was, wasn't it? Didn't he? Remember Moses said, I want to see you. And God said, his spirit cast was, was, went by and he said, I'll show you my, my back part as I flow on by, but if I show you my, my whole self, you'll die. And Moses saw the presence of God and went down to the Israelites with his face ablaze with the glory of God. Jesus came to reveal to us who God is and who his love is and what his love is this morning. So Jesus reveals to us the person, the character, and the nature of God, the love of God. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the exact representation of God. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. We know that in the face of Jesus Christ, we see the light of the gospel and the glory of who Jesus is. Aren't you glad this morning that Jesus revealed to you the way, the truth, and the life? He is the way, the truth, and the life that has brought you to God. Amen? And now we know God. And now we're done. From the scriptures, we understand that the Holy Spirit has characteristics. A personality. There are four essential elements of personality. And you have them too, because you have a personality. Okay? Some of you, maybe not. But others, you have a... No, I'm just kidding. It's a bad joke. Intellect. 1 Corinthians 2.11. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. It takes a personality to know thoughts. I've been behind my desk... Many times, as I'm studying the Word of God, my desk does not know my thoughts. If it did, it would be very, very scary. My desk doesn't know my thoughts, doesn't remember my thoughts, doesn't have access to me because it's inanimate, it's not living. The Holy Spirit is the living one who has access to the thoughts of God, even the deep things of God. Romans 8.27 says that the Holy Spirit also has access to us. He searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit. The Spirit is the person who has full access to all that is in God. He also has all and full access to all that is in me. Nothing in my life is unknown or inaccessible to the Holy Spirit today. The Holy Spirit has feelings. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says this, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. The verse here is in context of the flesh and immorality 
and wrong language and not obeying the truth when the truth is spoken. Paul exhorted and cautioned Christians that when we are tempted to act like the world and talk like the world, we must not give in because it grieves the Holy Spirit. When I uh, was growing up, I had this sense that I never wanted to grieve my mother. It was interesting. I loved my mom. She was like the glue. She was like the cement in the family. And she beat me with the wooden spoon. Good for her, somebody said. <laughs> Holy Spirit, deal with that. No, <laughs> But you know what? She took the time to discipline me. She took the time to love me. And at her funeral, I said my mom was tough as nails. But she was gentle as a dove. And I realized this principle, the principle of authority, God has put authority over your life to bless you, to give you favor, to allow the anointing of God to be upon your heart. The authority, and that authority is an umbrella that protects you and allows you to walk in the blessings of God. And I realized that the way that I treat my mom, I'm hearing bells, Lord. No. That the way that I treat my mom is the way that I, 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 I refer to God and I treat God. I didn't want to hurt my mom, but I hurt her all the time because I grieved her spirit. See, when you have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you want to find out what pleases him. You want to find out what blesses him, right? You want to find out how to, how to, how to just bless his name and, and proclaim the glory and the grace of God. You don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, because you know that he loves you. The question for me and for you today is, are we grieving the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit grieved by anything that you are thinking or maybe your actions or your attitude this week? Does it grieve the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit has so much more and so much better and the favor and the blessing of God that he wants to use you to reach out to a lost and dying world. 1 Corinthians, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. The Holy Spirit has a will. The Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts to each as he wills. The gifts that are placed in the body of Christ and the assignment of responsibilities in the body of Christ come through the marvelous working of the Holy Spirit. There's a long list of the Spirit's actions. I'm just going to go through them. He speaks. The Bible says in Acts 13, 2, the Holy Spirit set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. He testifies. He teaches. He convicts. The Spirit convicts. The Spirit of truth convicts of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He intercedes for us. The Spirit is our intercessor. The Bible tells us we have an intercessor in the heavens who is Jesus Christ, and we have one in the heart, the intercessor of the Holy Spirit that communicates the will and the way of God, communes with our spirit, and tells us all the wonders and the blessings of the person and work of Jesus that's applied for our life. He intercedes for us. He guides us into truth. 
Amen? He directs our steps. Here's the thing when you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. He's the spirit of truth. Yikes. Because sometimes we don't like the truth, do we? Because the truth reveals where our heart is. I was flipping through Annie Miller's Bible because she left it. Anytime you leave your Bible, I'm going to flip on through it, okay? And uh, she had a little saying that said this, truth, believe it, promises, claim it, commands, obey it, obey them. Isn't that good? See, with truth, we can either accept it or reject it. You can't put it off. Because the very truth that the Holy Spirit reveals to you, what happens is, is that truth turns around and becomes poison to us because it grinds on our spirit and our heart and we feel that the Holy Spirit is tugging away. He won't beat us with the truth. He'll woo us with the truth, right? And as we draw near to God, He draws near to us and He reveals Himself in this wonderful way of bringing truth into our hearts. He reveals God's Word to us. He can be tested. Remember Ananias and Sapphira were dishonest when they said they sold their land and they decided to give a certain amount. It wasn't the right amount that they sold it for. Mm, They paid dearly for that. He can be lied to. He can be grieved. He can be resisted. Stephen said when he was being martyred, you... Always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is not here. Right? Jesus has been taken up into glory, sitting at the right hand of God in the place of honor. But when Stephen was martyred, the Bible says that Stephen saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He was like, come on in, buddy. I'm ready to receive you. Thank you for standing up for me. Thank you for preaching my gospel. Thank you for being full of the Holy Ghost. scary thing to realize that we can't do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that something? Have you felt the Holy Spirit here this morning? How? How have you felt the Holy Spirit here this morning? You felt his presence through others here. When Jesus left his disciples, he said, I'm going away. John 20, chapter, John chapter 20, verse 22 said, 
receive the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? Receive the Holy Spirit. The disciples then, I believe, understood the victory and the provision of the person and work of Jesus Christ at that time. Before that, they were Old Testament believers, right? They believed in that something great was going to happen, that uh, the, the Messiah would come. But all along, they felt that the Messiah was going to build a kingdom here on earth. And when Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit, I believe they understood finally the connection that he is the Messiah. Right? We have victory. And then from that point on, Jesus said, listen, you know about me. We clued you in. But now go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit and you shall receive power. Power for what? Power to worship him, right? Power to overcome death. Power to overcome that crusty heart of ours that always desires to go to the flesh and our, and our carnality, right? Power to love somebody that's unlovable. Power to give of everything that we have without, without measure, not wanting anything back in return, right? The power to understand the person and work of Jesus Christ as it, as it applies to, to my life and power to be witnesses for his glory. I like this, uh, this verse. It says, Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. Isn't that something? Now, when a crook does, a, does an evil deed and you witness that, you're not his witnesses. You witness the action, right? Jesus says, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I want to bring you into everything that I, I am and everything that I have, everything that's supplied for you, all the resources of heaven. And then I want you to share your grace story into a lost and dying world. Christ is calling us to be his witnesses by allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to change us and to mold us and to fill us. Three baptisms. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ, right? Into the family of God. When we're born again, we're regenerated. We're quickened by the Spirit of God. And all of a sudden, our eyes are lit up to the glory and the wonder of who God is. Then, like last week, we had the tub here. Megan jumped in. Bob jumped in. Daryl jumped in. Donovan jumped in. I and Pastor John were the ones that administered the water baptism, right? As an outward profession of what God has done in the heart. Then Jesus takes it a little bit further and says, now I want to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. The word baptism means immersed, okay? It was used of when old ships sank. They were baptized they sunk to the bottom, right? Uh, it spoke of an army overwhelming a village. It was just, it was baptized. It was, it was overwhelmed and overtaken. This is the promise of the Father. And I believe that we need to be overtaken and overwhelmed and immersed in the Spirit of God in this day and age so that we can reach a lost and dying world. We need to be immersed in the power of of the Holy Spirit. He wants to baptize you in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
so that you can live out your life in worshiping God and being a witness for him. Isn't that awesome? You know, I was thinking today as we were singing, over, we are overcomers, we are victorious. And I was thinking today that sometimes we don't feel like that. Isn't that true? Sometimes we feel beaten up, beaten down. We feel like a, like a, like a racetrack. Horses are riding all over us. We feel all, all messed up, all jacked up. We don't feel like coming to church. We don't feel like worshiping. We don't feel it. We don't feel it. We don't feel it. And God was saying to me, that's exactly the way I want you to feel because you need me and you have to call out to me. Amen? The Holy Spirit stirs us and he brings us to the person and work of Jesus Christ. And that's my prayer as we continue this series of Power for Life. We need to be baptized or immersed in the presence of God. There is a filling that has to take place in our hearts and lives on a continual basis. When Jesus went, um, was baptized, the Bible says that the Spirit of God came down on him and the Holy Spirit filled him. Then he was led into the wilderness, and when he came out of the wilderness, he was led in the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that even Jesus Christ needed to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to minister? Isn't that something? And I think that's why sometimes we feel like we're beat up, because we go to minister in our own strength and in our own understanding, and we're getting killed out there. Can you imagine if David walked out with Saul's armor, you know, trying to, trying to defeat Goliath? He would have got destroyed. So many times we go out and do battle in our own flesh, in our own understanding, and we don't seek the Holy Spirit's filling on how to react to a problem, how to minister to a person. We've had uh, two prayer um, nights this month that were absolutely fantastic. I want to encourage, encourage all of you to come out to our, our prayer times when we have prayer. We just bask in the presence of the Lord. When you bask in the presence of the Lord, all your mountains become molehills. And he takes you up and you begin to see the reality of your situation, not through your eyes or your problems or your circumstances. You begin to see them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that he is the victor. He's got me covered. No matter what I'm going through, I know that all things will work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. We need time at the altar. In the olden days, churches had altars. And I remember on a Sunday night, going up to the altar every Sunday night. Well, my mother dragged me up there by the ear, basically, and threw me down on the altar and said, she told me this, tell the Lord that you love him. Tell the Lord that you praise him. Tell the Lord that you thank him. I said, Mom, I, I, I don't say it. I love you. I thank you. I've told you, told you this story over and over again. I thank you. I love you. I praise you. And the Holy Spirit began to reveal himself to me that 
He loves me. And I begin to praise the Lord because of the presence of the Lord that intercedes through my, my calling, my, my wondering, my concerns for my spiritual life. And that, you know, when I got saved, he revealed to me that I would be the worst sinner that this whole world has ever seen. And I said, I, I need you to change me. I need you to transform me. I bring all my weaknesses. I bring everything that I am to you. I give you my talents. I give you my abilities. I give you my shortcomings. I give you my anger. I give you my wrath. And the Holy Spirit says, I'll take that. And I'll give you my life. My ability to intercede for you. My ability to guide you. My ability when you're, when you're wanting the will of God, that he'll give peace, a sense of fulfillment, and a sense of satisfaction so you will walk in the pathway of God. Amen? The Holy Spirit really wants to cause us at Steel City Church to be interceders. Okay? Interceders. When we look at a person that's struggling, we feel the heart of God for that person, and we see the potential that God has for that person, whether it be healing, whether it be deliverance, Amen? Whether it be ministry, care, care ministry, however we can minister to that person, we will do it under the unction of the power of the Holy Spirit. And when things are done in the power of the Holy Spirit, there is transformation and there is change. And that's what we're all about. Amen? I need to be changed. I'm not wearing a diaper. I need to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You need to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's nowhere that you can run, people, away from God's presence. Once the Spirit of God baptized you into Christ, you are His. And the Holy Spirit will minister to you whether you like it or not. He who began a good work in you will complete it, will fulfill it, will perfect it. All the way up until we finally see Jesus face to face. We'll see him as, we, as he is. And we'll be in the perfect love and grace of God forever. I want you to think about the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been baptized into Christ. The Spirit has regenerated you, renewed, renewed you. But you're hearing about this, this baptism. You're hearing about a filling. You're hearing about the gift of the Holy Spirit. We want you to understand that there's more of God that you can have through a baptism, through an immersion, through a filling of the Holy Spirit today that will change you and transform you forever. You have to let the spirit of truth come in and pinpoint areas of your life that you're hiding from him. Areas of your life that are so broken and hurtful that we medicate. We try to drink it away. We try to have illicit relationships because we don't want to deal with this thing. The Holy Spirit is saying, I got you covered. Be free. Let me in. And give you a heart of flesh, a heart that loves me, a heart that knows me. Give you the power of the Holy Spirit to be changed right now. 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now you look at Peter. Peter was a crazy dude. I, I would have really loved to know him. Obnoxious, just said what he felt, did what he wanted to do, chopped off the dude's ear when Jesus was being taken by Judas. And by all rights, he should have been a loser. He was a betrayer. He was a denier. He cursed out a little girl. And he fled in sorrow and disappointment. But Jesus said, listen, just hang in there. Hang in there. Tarry. Wait. And you will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you do, there will be an explosiveness in your life that will confound you, your friends, your parents, everybody, because it will be the power of the Holy Spirit that changes you and, and transforms you. Peter went from a denier, a cursor, a betrayer, to preaching a gospel message on the day of Pentecost that saved 3,000 people. And do you know how he did it? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, there are things in your life and in mine that God wants to come in in an explosive way to destroy and tear down strongholds and mindsets that have been set up in our lives for years and bring the freedom of the Spirit in where every chain is broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. You've got to let him in and you have to walk in the Spirit. When, I concern, when I'm concerned about the will of God, this is how I view the will of God. I do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do for the next five minutes. Then in five minutes, I do what the Holy Spirit wants me to do for the next five minutes. And in five minutes, I do what the Holy Spirit wants me to do for the next five minutes. You get the idea? <coughs> Praying without ceasing. Practicing the presence of God in our life 24-7. We're on, on a dime, in season and out. We're able to minister. We're able to pour out to a lost and dying world. We're, we're able to see where God is working, and we go. We minister God's grace and glory to a lost and dying world, broken people through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to see the, the, the curse and the degradation of what sin does in people's lives and in our own life. Pastor John put on a good thing. He said self-righteousness is, an, is an, an intoxicating thing, isn't it? When we feel like we're all that, when it comes to the, to the, to the, glory, to the, to the realm of religiosity. Yeah, I'm all that. I mean, you look at this schlep rock over here. He's dealing with this, he's dealing with that, he's dealing with this. He's a loser. Look at me. I'm a pastor. Everybody looks at me and says, hmm, they say various things. But anyway, <laughs> we get our eyes on other people. We're lost. We are lost. Get your eyes off of everybody. Do not compare yourself with another soul. Compare yourself with the standard of Jesus Christ and his holiness, and you'll be free. Amen. Where the spirit of the Lord is, the Bible says there is freedom.
freedom to be what you ought to be for the glory of God, to walk in your purpose and passion. What God determined years and eons of time ago that you would walk in these good works prepared before time began for the glory and the wonder of God. Don't you wonder about the good works that God has in store for you? Don't you wonder about how the Spirit of God is going to set you free? Don't you envision a, a time where all these burdens and all this brokenness and all this past and all my life will be gone and I'll be walking in this newness of life given by the life-giving Spirit of God and I'll be free, delivered by the power of God. What you looking at? My daughter, she's going into seventh grade, so she's going to be in the service. She has left kids church. Isn't that awesome? So now she's probably during the week, oh, but daddy, you said this in your sermon, and you said daddy, you said this. Hey? Praise God, spirit of truth, amen? Spirit of truth. Listen. It's only the Spirit of God that can tear down strongholds in your life and give you a passion and a purpose that replaces that and gives you a vision of who and what you're going to be based on the power of the Holy Spirit. Do, do you see that? I had four friends of mine tell me that I would never become a pastor. I'm saying this for God's glory, okay? Four friends that encouraged me to seek something else because you just don't have it. And I went to the Lord and I said, I'm having, a, I'm having these feelings of murder and <laughs> rage. Because, God, I know what you told me. You've taken my brokenness. You mixed in the power of the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus Christ, and you're molding something that I see for the future, a purpose, a passion, that you want me to touch people's lives for the glory of God. You've baptized me in the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'm ready to go. Amen? Isaiah chapter 6. The Bible says that Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. He was in the presence of God. And when he saw the glory of God, he realized that he is in deep, deep doo-doo. <laughs> deep, deep trouble. I'm undone. I'm doomed. I'm ruined. Because I've seen the holiness of God and I've seen what I am. And God says, I got a plan for you. I got a plan to take the coal from the seraphim, which means burning. And I'm going to touch your lips. I'm going to change your life. I'm going to transform you to be used for my glory and for my honor. In the very position of sin, degradation, and brokenness, 
the holiness of God sweeps in and changes us. See, when we think we sin, when we sin, we think the Holy Spirit runs away from us. The Holy Spirit is running right to us, amen? And he's bringing a little coal, and he wants to burn your heart and burn your lips. And then the Bible says that, hey, I got to get my message out. I got to preach this gospel. Who can I send? And what happens? Isaiah says, I've been touched by the Holy Spirit, and I'm ready to go. Here I am, send me. Isn't that awesome? We're going to take communion, symbolizing the broken body and the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And after we take communion, I'm going to ask if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, be immersed in the Holy Spirit, we will pray over you that you'll be filled to the fullness of the Holy Spirit, that God will be, come into your life in an explosive way and tear down, tear down things that have been set up by the enemy in your life. Do you know that the word power in Acts chapter 1 is the word dunamis, where we get the word dynamite? Isn't that awesome? How many of you have experienced the dynamite working of the Holy Spirit in your life and has exploded your life in such a way that it's just unbelievable how God has changed you. Amen? Dunamis means more than just power. It means ability. It means ability. It means ability. It means capacity. God wants to fill us up to a capacity where we are able to move and walk in the Holy Spirit have an attitude of worship to him where we can worship him in spirit and in truth, where he changes us. We go deeper into the presence of God so that he can lead us out in the presence of God to a lost and dying world. I want you to believe today. I want you to believe today. I want you to believe today I want you to trust today I want you to be transformed by the power of God you might feel like Isaiah in the presence of God ashamed, condemned and lost the Holy Spirit is here to wash you clean, touch your life, change you forever and ever and ever and ever to be used for him, for his glory and honor. Let's worship the Lord as Scott and Cindy pass out the emblems today. In fact, if, if you want to be 
baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need more of the Holy Spirit this morning, I want you to come to the, come to the front here and we will pray that the Spirit of God will set you free, give you a new lease on life, amen, will change you. I'm up here not because I have to be. I'm up here because I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? If you want a touch from the Holy Spirit, make your way on up and we'll pray together. By the power of the Holy Spirit, that He'll change us. That He'll transform us. And you know what? All for His glory and all for His honor. Amen? There's nothing like living out your life for the glory and honor of Jesus. There's no other life worth living and to live your life for Jesus Christ. Christ has baptized you. Holy Spirit has baptized you into Christ. Now, Christ wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Amen? He wants to immerse you, and He wants to keep you under till the breath of your self-righteousness, the breath of your sin and shame is expounded, and He raises you up into new life. <laughs>